Welcome to the Intuitive Therapist Podcast with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as the angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all. This is Janice Cohen, the intuitive therapist here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. I want to talk about something that is so special to me to talk about. I love to talk about love. And I love to talk about relationships. I've done a lot of work over the years with couples uh, to help repair what's been broken. I've had so many times where couples have come to me when I used to have an office, they'd come in, sit on the couch, literally can't begin to tell you how many of them said, hey, we are contemplating uh, breaking up. We're contemplating divorce. Uh, Literally walked in with divorce papers unsigned as if, you know, this was their last ditch effort. Um, and fortunately, uh, with spirits help and, uh, my expertise, I have been able to help most of the couples who were meant to be together, repair their relationship quite quickly. Uh, and, uh, fortunately I don't hear back from them. (laughs) So that means things are, are good. And, uh, at least that's my sense. And maybe at least I want to think that way. Uh, But what I do know is uh, when I'm done with them, they leave in a good spot. So my assumption I feel like is pretty spot on. I want to talk today about how to create magic in your love relationship. So whether you are looking for love, whether you are in a relationship just beginning, whether you have been in a marriage for a while, uh, if there's something so special about knowing the keys to uh, creating a very deep, abiding, intimate love. I think most relationships, the, 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 the intimacy is often kind of misconstrued. Some people feel like intimacy is sex. Some people feel like intimacy is when somebody tells you something, like I love you. But that's not what intimacy is. And that's not what love is. Love is something real, deep, abiding, intimate love is something that uh, is pretty rare. Uh, But when two people show up for each other in this particular way I'm about to talk about, um, you can really have that. Um, And I want, most people, I think, think they know what loving someone means. I mean, we've all had our definitions about what love means to us based on what we value and and the rules that we have around our values. And if you haven't yet heard about the topic of values and rules as it relates to your relationships, and I've discussed this in previous episodes, uh, but for the sake of today's topic, I'm gonna go do a little mini review about rules and values because it lends itself to the larger message that I'm gonna share with you today. We are conditioned from a very young age to value particular things. And our experiences through life can alter, adjust, and even change the priority that we place on the values that we hold. It's very fascinating. Uh, You know, we might 
uh, grow up uh, wanting money and then something tragic happens and then all of a sudden we value life first. Money goes to the bottom rung, right? So people, um, people value things like certainty, status, money, sex, compassion, marriage and family, achievement, peace, joy, health, kindness, loyalty, religion, spirituality, adventure, stability, fame, environment, contribution, belonging, community, significance. I could go on and on and on, a myriad of other values. And I'm sure that if I were to ask you what your top five values are, you could quite easily come up with them. Coupled with these values are rules. And rules make things crystal clear for and rules uh, for us. And rules can also bind us. They can also restrict us. They can also create security amidst, amidst uncertainty. Rules can either bring us joy or pain, depending on whether or not our rules are met by others. That's really, um, you know, and I'm going to get into this, but uh, it's not the rules, it's not the values that we hold that are problems. It's the rules that we have connected to how those values are met and aligned with. So here's an example, okay? Let's take the value of love. I'm pretty sure everybody has a value of love. Not everybody has the value of marriage. Not everybody has a value of uh, children. But let's just look at love. So depending on how you're raised and depending on your life experiences, the rules around this value can vary widely. For some, to have or to feel loved means that you must hear I love you after every phone call. Or you must get flowers each week or jewelry or gifts of some sort, right? Um, that, those are rules. For others, love means that you prioritize me. You touch me. You have sex with me often. You, you profess your love for me and others, right? You profess your love of me to others, right? This is my woman. She's the best thing. I'm so happy, right? Love for many of us means having a sense of safety and security with your partner, right? A rule for love can mean that marriage is necessary. It could mean that marriage is not necessary. A rule for love can mean uh, monogamy, polygamy, fidelity, honesty, trust, loyalty, togetherness. I'm sure that if I asked you what your rules were around love, you could pretty easily identify them given some of the examples that I've already given. Rules in and of themselves, they're not bad. We all need rules to know what our parameters are within certain situations. Look, we need street lights, red, yellow, green. We need street lines and street signs to help us know where we're going and whether or not we're on the right side of the road, right? Businesses have operating hours, purchases have prices, etc., etc etc. But when it comes to what we value, we have we all have some rules that are too rigid. Those rules are the ones that trip us up and cause us pain. This is the whole point of what I'm talking about today. Rules in and of themselves, okay. And values in and of themselves, okay. But when they cause us pain, we gotta look at whether or not 
we need to shift to change something. So rules like if I don't get flowers every week, then you don't love me, right? And if somebody fails one week, I can't, couldn't get in the flower shop. Oh shit. Um, she's not going to feel like I love her and you're going to be in pain, right? Uh, meaning the person who holds the rule. If my rule is, um, if I don't hear, I love you each time we hang up on the phone, that means you don't love me. So if the person I'm in a relationship with, if they don't comply, I'm hurting. I'm in pain. If they do comply and it's not a problem, I feel pleasure and joy, right? That's my point. If I don't get shower with jewels and material things, that means I'm not loved, right? So if most of the time this person does that, I'll feel loved. If there are times where they don't, I'm like, uh-oh, um, you're not complying with my rule. I'm hurting. You need to give me jewelry to help me feel better. Uh, here's another thing. Uh, if you won't marry me, that means you don't love me or you don't prioritize me. And you know what? That may be true. There are people who do not want to get married because you're not that important enough to them. And there are people who don't want to get married uh, because of their own shit from the past, but you are a priority to them and they do choose you and they do love you. So this is all about are your, how helpful are your rules? Rules like these limit us. They hold us back and they keep us, well, suffering. Rules that don't bring us joy causes suffering when they're not met. Sounds simple, huh? Rules that are flexible and open to adjustment and or revision or elimination, they fare far better for us. Rules like, I want sex a lot, but I can still feel love if we have it, uh, you know, four days out of seven or three out of five. If I don't get it every day, I can really understand that you still love me. Or, I want flowers and cards, but I'm okay if you just surprise me instead of having them every week. Or I can still feel love from your kiss goodbye, and I don't need to hear I love you every single time I hang up the phone with you. Those are flexible rules. Think about the rules that you have that are too you're too rigid about. Think about what has to happen absolutely in order for you to feel love, right? Maybe it's, I need all access to everything that the person has going on. Email, phone, all social media, blah, 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 all of that. Uh, so I want you to think about the rules that you have that are too rigid. How's all that working for you? Not so good, huh? When we can let go of the rules we have, not the values, our lives somehow become easier to navigate. And when our lives become easier to navigate, we can be more of who we truly are and we can give more of ourselves without expectation of getting anything back. That is what being in relationship really is. When you are in relationship that's healthy, you give to give, you don't give to get. And if you give to get, you're getting all fucked up in that relationship because you're keeping score. If you can get to a place of, I give to give, and you know what? My, my partner's happiness is my happiness. I want to wake up every day and say, what can I do to make my man, my woman happy? That is the ideal way to love. It is the best feeling ever to just give. And if you start expecting back, 
you got to look at a couple of things. One, are you giving too much and not getting back? You know, are you really not with the right partner? Or are you um, altruistically giving uh, that's not very genuine? What can you do to shift that? Okay. So love, being loved and loving someone for so many of us, it's kind of like this mystery because you date and you got to figure out who this person is. And, you know, everybody dates and they, uh, for at least the first three to six months, at least maybe a year, their representative shows up and they're perfect and they're patient and they're sweet and they let things pass. And, and then you realize that there are differences because you're having two separate people show up in a relationship who come from two very different backgrounds, two different set of uh, raising and chat and being reared uh, rules, beliefs, experiences. And so you've got to figure out, are we a couple that can really uh, um, benefit each other? Can we really grow together? Are we aligned enough in ways that we can grow together? Uh, but do we have enough polarity uh, to keep us challenged and to keep us learning, right? So most of us don't meet our forever person early on in life. Really, most of us do not. Our soul has other plans for us. Some people actually do. Some people's souls uh, agree to incarnate again with their soulmates and very early on, whether it's in elementary school or high school, boom, they've met, they've met their Beshert. We Jewish people call Beshert is our soulmate, our beloved, uh, early on and they just know it. I know I know several people who've met their forever people in elementary school, high school, and college. And they're good, like they're together 30, 40, 50, 60 years. But you know, many of us aren't in that boat. So we meet, date, enter into a relationship with maybe marry and divorce several times in our life, maybe one or several, uh, because that's what our soul has planned for us. Uh, and those uh, people, and if you listen to the other uh, podcast I did about um, soulmates, karmic partners, and um and twin flames, you'll understand what the difference is and why your soul sees all people and your relationships as your soul mates. Uh, but very few uh, really are, are, of course, uh, have the potential to be our life partners. We need in our relationship to help us grow uh, uh, into the truth of who we are. So we need to find people who can help us do that. Yet most of us we're not even aware that this is the purpose of relationships that we have. Here's the thing, y'all. Most people think that, oh, when I get into a relationship, I'll be happy. Well, no. Here's the thing. Relationships aren't meant for us to find happiness. I want you to hear me when I tell you this. So you will stop looking to find fulfillment outside of yourself. Relationships, the purpose of relationships are to become conscious and aware. That is the purpose. So happiness can never be found when something happens. You either have it now or you ain't going to have it when something else happens. Or that if, if an, uh, an occurrence happens, your quote unquote happiness and joy will be fleeting. 
If you do not establish happiness, joy, uh, confidence, security in yourself, no relationship will do it. No person will fill that gap. Relationships are for uh, us to become conscious and aware, not to be happy. Okay, but you will find happiness as you grow, as you become conscious, insightful, and aware. Does that make sense? Good. Okay, now, we aren't taught this concept in school. We're not taught this concept by our parents, because most people don't fucking know that, right? Uh, so, you know, we're not taught that relationships, almost all of them, they are not meant to last. Friendships shift and change when we're young, right? We hop from this friend to that friend. I know as a girl, um, our relationships would change like literally every moment. So we could know we'd have 10 best friends in a day. Um, and as we grow, we tend to align with different people who share the same interests as we do based on the experiences we have. It's human nature to want to bond with others around a shared value and experience. Relationships teach us how to treat ourselves. That's why I'm saying relationships are all about becoming conscious. You can't ignore how you regard yourself because it will show up in how the person treats you. And when we're able to treat ourselves well, with respect, regard, priority, fidelity, kindness, compassion, understanding, and love, only then can we truly know and experience a level of love with someone else that is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of love. Even if friendship is the result of our relationship, the depth of friendship can often supersede the depth of a love relationship that isn't a conscious one. Thick, not Han, y'all have heard of him, Thick, not Han, teaches about the truth of what love is. I want y'all to listen, this is so beautiful. And he talks about love's other name. What love really is in his book, How to Love, and he reveals the secret to the mystery of what love really is, and what love really is, is this. And when I read this, it's like, oh my gosh, that is so true. Love's other name is understanding. Let me share. He says that to love another means to fully understand his or her suffering, challenges, dissatisfaction. Don't get caught too caught up in the word suffering, please. Just stay with me for a bit as I explain this a little bit more. Understanding, after all, is what everybody seeks, what everybody needs, but doesn't always give. And oftentimes, we can really get what this means because we get caught up in the minutia of it all. We can't really get it, right? So here's Nathan's example. If you pour a handful of salt into a cup of water, the water becomes undrinkable. But if you pour the salt in a river, people can continue to draw the water to cook, wash, and drink. The river is immense and it is the capacity to receive embrace and transform. When our hearts are small, our understanding and compassion are limited and we suffer. We can't accept or tolerate others and their shortcomings, and we demand that they change. But when our hearts expand, these same things, they don't make us suffer anymore. 
we have a lot of understanding and compassion and can embrace others. We accept others as they are, and then they have the chance to transform. How beautiful is that? The question then becomes, how do we achieve this expansion in our hearts? How do we come to a place of this kind of deep, true, selfless understanding? The answer is that it begins with a commitment to understand and bear witness to our own suffering. When we feed and support our own happiness, we are nourishing our ability to love. That's why love means to learn the art of nourishing our own happiness. Okay, love means to learn the art of nourishing our own happiness. In my own life, I have struggled with focusing more on my rules. I've struggled with uh, being, I guess, so self-sacrificial and uh, how I think things should be in order for me to really feel joy. And I've done a good job to decrease that tendency, but I really do struggle still at times, uh, as many of us do. And when I realize that my rules are causing me suffering, then I have to make a choice. And here's the thing. You'll know when your rules cause you suffering because you end up becoming unhappy. You end up becoming caught up in them. You end up becoming uh, at a point, you, you get to a point where you say it can only be this one way. Life is not that. So when you get to that point of saying there's only one way to do this, you will induce your own suffering. So when I realized the times that my Rules cause me suffering. I have to make a choice. I either continue to cause my own suffering, right? Or I create my own relief. I either need to keep my rigid rule about X or adjust it or even eliminate it all together. My current relationship is teaching me this. Boy, it has been, honest to God, this has been uh, the most uh, meaningful and learningful relationship of my life. And I have to tell you, that in many respects, this learning curve has been challenging. Uh, but to grow and expand to the truth of who I am, I can hold on to the things that I value and learn how to adjust and even let go of the rules that cause me pain and suffering. And it's it's very pretty cool, very pretty cool, don't, don't know how that makes sense, but it's really cool because I'm actually becoming more cognizant more quickly of the rules that are working for me, the rules that are not. I've spoken about how relationships are mirrors for who we are, and this is in a most recent podcast with India Lee. The people who are the closest to us are the truth tellers for us. We choose these people to be in our lives, either through our soul's contract or through conscious free will choice. When we feel bothered by something or are affected by someone's behavior, we are, in essence, reacting to ourselves, those unwanted and unacceptable parts of ourselves that we reject, that we have yet to heal. And we project our rejection of ourselves onto others when they show up in ways that bother us, anger us, shame us, hurt us, punish us, and cause us pain and suffering. When we understand someone else's challenging behavior, when we understand someone else's suffering, when we take a step back, we from, from just taking everything so freaking personally, 
we give ourselves the biggest gift possible and we gift we gift give to the other person we gift ourselves the opportunity to take a step back to look within to realize whatever this person is bringing to me is about him or her not me let me take a step back let me not personalize this let me see what i can understand from how this person is showing up we gift ourselves the opportunity to look within and cleanse ourselves of what doesn't serve us within ourselves. And we gift another person the compassion, understanding, and safe space not to struggle alone. We are conditioned to love in a certain way and we are conditioned to understand or misunderstand someone based on how we're raised and the rules that we have around relationship. If our parents didn't love and understand each other, How in God's name are we supposed to learn to do that? The most precious inheritance that parents can give their children is how to create their own happiness. If we have happy parents, no amount of money or material wealth could ever match that. Happiness and love is what we all want and need. And we were given the opportunity to see what happiness and love is. We take that forward in our life. We leave that as Uh, a uh, legendary part of how we lived. Real, true love, says Shel Silverstein in his book, The Missing Piece Meets the Big O, is rooted in four elements. I'm going to talk about those elements. But uh, illusory love, the kind that infatuation and crushes offer, it's not real love. It is only when you truly understand yourself and have compassion for yourself that you can truly understand and love someone else. It is only when you truly understand yourself and have compassion for yourself and understanding for yourself that you can truly love someone else. If you're too caught up in yourself, your rules, your pain, your grief, your fears, then you will never allow the purity of true love to enter into your life. It's impossible. You gotta heal your shit. You gotta learn about yourself. You gotta face the fears. You gotta deal with the stuff that that keeps you unhappy. So the four missing pieces, um, in, in the um, real true love, Shel Silverstein talks about four elements in his book. The missing piece meets the big O. And he says the four elements are loving kindness, that's one, compassion, joy is the third, and equanimity. And fostering all of these things leads to what he calls holiness. Look, you can't offer happiness until you have it for yourself. This is the essence of loving kindness. When you have enough understanding Any situation can be experienced as joy, as there is always a silver lining in all experiences. When there is equanimity in a relationship, its focus is on inclusion and non-discrimination. Think about that. In a deep and loving relationship, one of the things that I I teach uh, uh, clients when they come in, couples, is that I talk about the, um, the sacredness of your relationship. 
there there is sanctity in it there is it has got to be uh so protected it has got to be seen as so precious and the way you're able to see your relationship as so precious that you would defend and protect it against everything is that you've got to look at your partner as your equal and you've got to regard your partner as the most important piece. Okay. So when you talk about inclusion, it's you invite your partner into decisions. When you talk about non-discrimination, it means, you know what? Uh, You don't look at them as different than you are right? So there is no longer a boundary between you and the other person. You are him and he is you. You are her and she is you. Your suffering is hers and hers and and his or her suffering is yours. There is no separation. It's not like, you know, here's the thing, because you understand your own suffering. You know, you understand what it's like to hurt. You understand what it's like to be kind of unaware, right? When your partner, the person that you love the most is struggling, it's your struggle too, because they are you and you are them. The two of you are together, you're a team. There isn't uh, I and you. It's not like, yeah, I'm sorry you're having a shit day. I figured out. I ain't got nothing for you. No, 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 no. This is, baby, I'm here. Let's figure this out. You're not alone. So your understanding of your own suffering helps your loved ones suffer less. In a deep and abiding love relationship, like I said, you no longer say, well, that's your problem. But you say, you know what? This is our problem. And we are going to figure this out together. Trust, respect. Uh, you know, these are the, this is the currency of love. And without these two elements in a relationship, you can't reach the deep level of intimacy that is possible. Love without trust is not possible. It's not love. It's something else. Uh, It's need, it's codependency, it's desperation, it's attachment, it's identification. It is not love. If you do not trust the person, you do not have a real, true love relationship. To trust someone else means that you trust yourself first to keep yourself safe. I hear all the time people say, I don't trust anybody else. And I always say to them, well, do you, you know, do you trust yourself? Well, no, not really. And then I say, well, that's where we need to start. So to create your own significance, to show love and compassion for yourself first, that's the truth of where trust begins, not giving somebody else that job. If you can't fill your well up, nobody else is going to fill your well up. Dab. Respect for somebody else means that you respect yourself first. Remember, people show up as mirrors for you. So if you don't respect somebody, then you must look within to fix what you don't respect in yourself. When you understand yourself, you can then offer that understanding to others. And to offer that understanding to others means that you must listen to them without judgment. You are literally a blank canvas. The more you understand the more you love, right? Kindness, compassion. The more you love, the more you understand. I'm going to say it again. 
The more you understand, the more you love. The more you love, the more you understand. This is the art of interbeing. It is a beautiful word, interbeing. That is what a true, deep, intimate, loving relationship is. It's interbeing. It's not, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't have things uh, that you do independently uh, outside of the relationship. It means within the relationship, you, you are interbeing. You are together. You work together, you know, you work on things together. You balance each other. You're locked in. So, you know, the art of interbeing is not an egoic I. It doesn't exist. You alone do not exist in the relationship of we. Rather than operating from the illusion of separateness, you operate from the kind of us and we. We can exist by ourselves alone. And when in relationship, we can't exist by ourselves alone. And when in relationship, interbeing means that what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. And I, re- I uh, receive you with understanding uh, and love. And uh, I hope that today has been helpful for you. I hope that this allows you to think about how you're showing up in your relationship. And that whatever you feel like is missing on the outside, that's missing within you, right? The way to to show up with love is to show up with understanding. If you're interested in reading uh, that book I mentioned, um, let me find it. I wrote it down. It's by, and his name is Thick Not Han. First name is T-H-I-C-H. Next is N-H-A-T. Last name is H-A-N-H. And his book is called How to Love. He's written a lot. Uh, I'd be shocked if you haven't heard of him. Uh, But please look into that. Look, please grow, expand, shift into understanding. And I promise you, your relationships will just blow you out of the water. I wish you a blessed day, a wonderful week, and as always, live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. 